always, always, always listen to that voice inside of you. Trust your gut. This is Case. And this is Carrie. This is the Dime for Midnight podcast. And guys, we are at episode 18, which we like to call I Told You So or Your Husband's a Prick, which is, I think, appropriate, Carrie. Oh, yes. Wait a second. I'm feeling some personal connection between you and this title and your feelings towards me. No. <laughs> Not at all. Not wink, at all. Wink, wink, wink. <laughs> uh, guys, last week. If you were with us, we talked about George Kennedy and Richard Crenna in the Gestapo ship movie, <laughs> Death Ship. Uh, you can find us at our link tree. We got that link on our socials. We're on Twitter and Insta. Uh, or you could just take our RSS feed to any of your favorite podcast platforms. Uh, friendly reminder, guys, we've got the $4 ghoul tier that you can sign up. Uh, with that, you get your pick of any movie you want to talk about. Send us an audio clip or we interview you. School us on why you think this is an awesome horror movie. We're talking about Watcher. Okay. And with, this was my pick. Because it's your birthday weekend and you're turning 20. She thought I was going to say the magic number. I'm not going to tell people that you're turning 40 this weekend, Carrie. What? Oh. So. Now you're a brick. <laughs> This episode title is Carrie's Turning 40, and it's my fault, apparently. Well, it's my fault for communicating your age to the world. You're welcome. She's just shaking her head. I feel an F-bomb coming at some point in this episode. We're going to move right along to the poster for this movie. There's not a lot of them out there, Carrie. This is, and the tagline, I want everybody to take the tagline from this poster which is highly stylized much like this movie yeah it's very simplistic at the same time it looks like an indie film festival somewhat would you call this an art house horror film probably it's got a lot of style to it it's got a lot of throwback elements if it is a genre film yeah um but yeah this tagline look I don't know if this is legit or not, but I saw it at a couple different places. They don't even feature it on the poster. Evil wants to be seen. Again, take it with a grain of salt. Now, DFM's unofficial alternate tagline is, Carrie. I fucking told you so. <laughs> with regards to Micah Monroe's character to her husband. Um, and as you know, guys, with every episode on Dying for Midnight, we talk heavy spoilers um throughout so if you haven't watched the watcher watch watcher. it not the watcher watcher you're right there is a show on netflix called the watcher, the watcher yeah my bad watcher check it out then come back and listen to us think about uh what you liked about it or didn't like about it i know uh we've got uh some differing thoughts on this film i tend to nitpick this film a little bit more than you do carrie but um well, I have a kind of a connection to this film. 
Yes. And um, moving right along, guys, to physical media for Watcher, I was pleasantly surprised. If you are a physical media collector, whether it be DVD or Blu-ray, I think you're going to be happy because this Blu-ray is only $12.59 right now. Um, I would get the Blu-ray just because of the style and the way this movie's shot. I mean, and the overall quality of Blu-rays versus regular DVDs, but the DVD, it's like, hey, you know what? I'm curious enough that I want to own it uh, without paying too much. Hey, $9.96 isn't a bad price. Streaming, guys, if you've got AMC Plus, you can get this movie. If you've got Hulu, you can watch this movie. Um, We actually own it. Well, to stream, we don't have. We've, We've talked many an episode about my faux pas that happened about 10 years ago. And I tried to warn you. Yeah. You warned me not to go to Romania. No, you <laughs> warned me not to get rid of the DVD boxes yep. and put the discs in an album, but I did it anyways. And now here I am today. Woe is me. My own damn fault. Um, we're going to move right along. We're going to talk cast and creators of the watcher oh that's right it's just watcher Watcher. sometimes i feel like somebody's watching me and it's in romania (laughs) hey we all know who micah monroe is you know her from it follows you know her from the guest talking about a little bit of her filmography a little bit later uh we've got carl glusman as playing her Prick husband, Francis, who he, he starts off the movie seemingly really sweet. Yeah. And tending to her. And tender. And tender. And supportive. But not really. Not when the chips are down. Not when he actually goes to that job. Uh, no. Uh, he tends to forsake her for his career. I mean, how close were they really before he moved her to Romania? I don't know. That's all and up it, in and the, the air. the city's Bucharest, correct? Yes, correct. You could tell that they're newlyweds, obviously. Um, they're young. They're in, like, what, their mid to late 20s. Um, maybe early 30s. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, they could play somebody 10 years younger. That's how good looking they are in this movie. But then we've got the highly underrated, really, the co-lead. Yeah. I mean, I like Carl Glusman, but Burn Gorman as Watcher. He was amazing in this. And I like that they didn't even give him a name. I know. I love that. It's like the shape in Halloween. I mean, we knew the shape's name is Michael Myers pretty quickly, but I just love its watcher. We've got the semi-famous Tudor Patrout as the taxi driver. I've seen that guy. Okay, now the motorcycle decides to drive by during the recording of this episode. Sorry, folks. Um, Gabriella. <coughs> there's the cough. Um Butuk, and I'm, I'm sorry, Gabrielle, I probably butchered your last name. You did. Flavia. Madalena Ania as Irina, which I know you really liked her carry. I did, yes. Um, Christina Delano as Eleonora. Bogdan Fars. Bogdan. 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 Got it. Thank you. Farkas as the neighbor. <laughs> Daniel Nuta as Christian, who played Irina's ex Ex-boyfriend? Ex-boyfriend, but they still hang out. Yeah. Uh, Iona Eber, or Aber, uh, is Simeon's wife. 
Uh, and that of course is played by, um, Flavio, um, Christen. I need to study up my European names here, apparently. And, um, Stefan Iancu is Sebastian, which that was the, uh, store manager. Um, we've got Florian Gimpu as officer Radu and Lucian Lonescu as the maintenance worker. This was directed by the up and coming Chloe Okuno. In terms of Micah Monroe, um, her filmography, you know, again, it follows the guest. There's another one, um, where that hot summer nights movie that we watched, Carrie. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, she's been in some other ones, villains. I want to note something about Micah Monroe. Okay. Carrie, what was some of her characters' names throughout her filmography? Jules. Repeated or Julia again and again and again. Hmm. Yep. And by the way, before I leaks out of my brain, do you know, Carrie, what movie she's watching in the theater when the watcher sits behind her? Do you remember when the, the movie, the Audrey Hepburn movie? Oh, I do. What is it? Uh, Charade. I, Charade, yeah. And guess what? And it follows. Guess what movie they're watching? Charade. Wow. I just made that connection earlier today. I was thinking back on it. It follows. I'm like, wait a second. There's a little wink, wink to the Micah Monroe filmography here that I wanted to mention. Um, That's an awesome movie. Oh, I, I absolutely love it. Um, now in terms of Chloe Okuno, cause I don't want to skip over. Of course she directed this. She directed the uh, storm drain segment in VHS 94, um, there's a great short that everybody's been talking about called slut. Definitely check that one out. She directed an episode of let the right one in. So this is somebody that's just up and coming, just getting their start, well, which is kind of different for DFM episodes. We usually do people that have been around for a long she time. She did a fantastic job with watcher. I want to talk about Ben Gorman a little bit. Some of the newer stuff that he's got going on. You'd like this. He's got a role in the hunger games, the ballad of songbirds and snakes. Oh, the new one. Yep. There's a movie called Lift coming out. And um, I know Micah Monroe. She's got a few things going on, too, coming up. Um, God is a Bullet. That's the one with the... Um, that's the one where the guy's getting revenge on his daughter. What's his name? Jamie, that plays Jamie Lannister. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, a movie called Long Legs and another one called In Cold Light. I, I was laughing about her character's name in God is a Bullet. Did you see your character's name in God is a Bullet? I'm going to wait for it. It's the first time I've ever seen this name in a character name. Is that Case? It sure is. That's interesting. First time I've ever seen a movie character with my first name. That's right. She, Micah Monroe called me up and said, hey, Case, by the way, is it okay if I use your name? <laughs> that's not. You a, wish. That's not what happened. First of all, it wouldn't be her. It would be it would be the. The director or yeah, assistant. The casting, perhaps. Yeah. Or the writers. Now, yeah, me and Micah, we were on the phone just chit-chatting a little bit. Again, you fucking wish. <laughs> ah, a man can dream. No, I, I, you know what? I do have a little bit of a crush on Micah Monroe after this movie. I liked her a lot and It Follows, but I really liked her here. She um, definitely got more mature in this movie. Well, we're all getting a little older now. It's been almost 10 years since It Follows. Can Holy you believe that cow. shit? Old age follows me everywhere. 
<laughs> so the um Carl Glisman, her who plays Francis, her husband, um, he's gonna be in God as a bullet as well. So I thought it was interesting that they're gonna be oh. in back to back projects together. Wow. I don't what the two how the two characters interact or if they're related somehow or I, whatever I mean, in the new They movie. did have good chemistry from the scenes that you saw. So if, Yeah, I mean his role was fairly limited. I mean the focus wasn't on him. He it's was like, just a supporting he was there just enough to say, what a fucking prick. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the, and this is like um, Micah Monroe's comments that I, I listened to on some interviews about um, Burn Gorman. It's like all of these people that were either not very nice to her character or, of course, the watcher herself. herself. There's a second watcher out there. It's the female accomplice. No, uh, just that they actually couldn't have been any nicer and more awesome to work with. So I think it's really cool when you get nice guys playing psychopaths, basically. Yeah. Um, and and that usually is a trend where you, you hear a lot of people that play villains are mm. really, really nice people in real life. Do you remember Burn Gorman and the Man of the High Castle? I do. He played the marshal, like the bounty hunter-like character. Yeah. So um, we've got footsteps going on up here, up above Uh-oh. the DFM vault. Burn, uh, yeah, Burn Gorman. He actually um, was in Crimson Peak as well, which I know you enjoyed that movie. I did enjoy that movie. He was also in A Valley of Violence as the priest, the one with uh, Ethan Hawke, John Travolta, the T. West non-horror movie. Um. He was also in Layer Cake, and he did a voice in Star Wars The Old Republic game, which I thought you would find is cool. Am I reading this right? He was in Enola Holmes, too? He he was in Enola Holmes. Uh Uh-oh. I think you better go check and see what's going on. I feel like something's going on upstairs. Good gracious. So we've got to hold down the fort a little bit while Carrie checks on zombie toots and ghostly puppers, our two kids. And they've been on a about an episode and a half they talked with us about um squeaky door you're welcome listener um talked with us about demon knight and talked with us about um gosh what movie was it anyways check out our episodes to listen to the the perspective oh i know what it was our two nine-year-old horror hounds they loved love the new evil dead rise and yes, we took them. And yes, we're awesome parents for that. Um, but yeah, Carl Glusman, also in God is a Bullet, just the circle of background, the idol, reptile, civil war, the bike riders, little death. Um, he was in that movie with um, uh, the Nocturnal Animals movie. He was also in the Neon Demon. He was also in the movie Embers, uh, I think. I think demonette's coming back i think think she solved whatever problem it was okay what's the deal what's going on with zombie toots what's going on with zombie toots and ghostly puppers up there what's well, going on i'm afraid toots to ask finally decided that he was hungry yeah of course and wanted some crackers yeah damn parrot <laughs> crackers. That, boy, that boy and crackers yeah, his face should be like, you know, on the old cereal boxes. Hey, Mikey, he likes it. Ritz crackers. Guys, we're going to move right along to favorite character 
not played by Micah Monroe because Carrie, that's too easy of a choice to pick Micah Monroe. Oh yeah. Okay, so who's your favorite non-lead character? So, Madalena Ania as Irina. I liked her a lot too. Some good-looking women in this movie. <laughs> oh, cringy Chad is back. Hey, ladies. Well, come I, on, Irina. Watch out for the watcher. I loved how friendly she was. I mean, you can tell both of them are seemingly lonely. You know, I respect her job too. <laughs> cringy yes, Chad again. Okay, good. Focus on the person. I am focused on the person. This is part of the person is being a stripper. It's part of the whole person. Yes. Yeah. It's not just the only thing. You're right. She has good taste in wine and good taste in music. I'm all for Irina. <laughs> and she knows how to handle a gun, apparently. Yes, only. she does. It doesn't help her. In... Spoiler. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go, of course, with Watcher. Burn Gorman, a.k.a. The Spider, because that's what the newspaper and TV channels were calling his character. He was really good. That, okay, I have a favorite scene. I don't know if it's your favorite scene, but I have a favorite scene. Okay, so we're moving on to death and effects anyways. Okay, so what, do you want to lead with your favorite scene? So my favorite scene. Please don't steal my death scene. Look at that guy. Don't you dare steal my death no. scene. No, 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 Don't no, no, you dare, no, purple no. fingernails. No, no, no. I'm glad it's the purple fingernails and not the purple robe this time. Well, you know. Gotta keep it purple. Ghostly Poppers insisted on painting my nails as a birthday present. Purple rain, purple rain. <laughs> Good. But my favorite scene towards the end is on the subway, where they're both sitting on the subway and it's broken down. I almost had that scene as my favorite dialogue or quote moment it almost but not quite yeah yeah burn gorman man Whew. all of them really this is a great movie favorite death and effects i'm gonna go again guys spoilers every episode is spoilery as hell Irina's off-screen death and why did i pick that it's more about julia's reaction to finding her decapitated body yeah And that was a really good-looking decapitated corpse, okay? Man, that was very staged. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's, like, sitting perfectly in the chair. Um, What about you, Carrie? So that that was mine as well, Mm -hmm. even though we don't see it. Yeah. Um, How about the scene that you just mentioned, the subway scene? Oh, yeah. I mean, while they're sitting there... And he, they're broken down for like a couple minutes. And apparently that happens a lot, supposedly, according to this movie. She sees him carrying this white bag. And the out, and it outline is a face in the bag. And you could tell the terror on her face. Like she wants to get off of this subway as soon as possible. So much so that... And correct me if I'm wrong, I think she gets off at a different stop. I could be wrong. Yeah, because she all throughout the movie, she's got that slow turn where she's trying to look without him noticing her trying to look at him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Moving right along, guys. Favorite dialogue or quote. 
Carrie, I'm going to let you. This is this was your birthday pick. This was your happy watcher birthday. Okay. So, basically, when Julia follows the watcher to the club and discovers that Irina is a dancer at the club. Is she? She's. It's not really a stripper. Like, I refer it's to her not. as a stripper. It's more of like, it's like a nude cabaret. Because I saw they yeah. were like doing a lot of, I mean, the strippers dance quite Well, and a lot she, too, if but. you recall in the movie, she said she moved to Bucharest to be a dancer, but then she had an injury. Yeah. It just, I can't sit here and say that the place was classy because it's like down some armpit of a hole past some flooded walkways in Bucharest. It's like, if, I, I thought for sure when we first watched this movie and she follows the watcher. Mm-hmm. I thought he had like a second place or a stash of bodies yeah. or a stash of where he hid evidence. Yeah. That's where I thought we were going. It completely threw me for a loop whenever she ends up in an adult club. Yeah. Let's just say that because yeah. whatever Euro stripping, I don't know what you want to call this. Europe has from country to country has different. They do stripping a little bit differently it's, than we do here. It's pretty classy. It's pretty class, at least that one, you know. Um, well, I mean, I've been to the red light district in in Paris. It it's it you. I mean, you have them walking on the street just pretty much at any hour. Yeah, just walking down. So th- oh, this was pretty. Classy. You mean prostitutes, or you mean because I'm talking about like actual clubs, like stripping gentlemen's both. clubs or whatever it was both i don't even think you can call them gentlemen's clubs anymore because it's not it's not just for guys anymore it's really not i mean i can't i can't tell you how many times i went to a quote-unquote gentleman's club after i turned 18 and i guarantee you i at least every other time i saw one or two couples um or i saw a gr- i i went the one time i went there was a bachelorette party there a bachelorette party yeah. Because they just thought it was that they that's what hilarious. they wanted to do. They it was hilarious or that's what one of them yeah. liked or a yeah. combination thereof. Yep. And it was just like cool, we're all adults here. But um yes, you're every time I see a strip club or an adult club in a European film, it's almost like, damn, that's the kind of strip club I want to go to. I don't want to like go to um I'm not gonna name any names, but there's some ones that look like they uh, rolled out of, the be- out of bed. They need to do a little bit better presentation. <laughs> it's like, yeah, they're naked. What else do you want? <laughs> um, now we went too far down the stripper, wait, the strip wait. club. Can I just get to my dialogue now, please? Only if you come to the strip club with me. <laughs> Anyways, go for it. Okay. When Julia says, Francis thinks I'm overreacting. But he's been watching us since we moved in. Do you know him? I think he works here as a cleaner. And then Irina goes, people come and go here all the time. I never really get a good you're look at You're not an faces. airline stewardess. I'm just saying, you're not an airline stewardess. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Off to the left. And here's your stripper off to the right. And there's the watcher <laughs> in near the back exit. <laughs> Can you stop fucking interrupting me? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> moving back to Irina they all have the same dumb expression and they start to blend together Julia 
Have you noticed anyone watching you in your apartment? Arena says, no, but maybe I've gotten used to having guys on me. Mm. And Julia says, do I just sound paranoid? And Irina says, let's just hope you'll never find out. The best outcome might be having to live with the uncertainty. Better than getting raped, strangled, and dying with the words, I told you so on your lips. That, that might, yeah. That is my favorite dialogue because, A, it is foreshadowing. B, it it's just... It's foreshadowing. <laughs> well, B, it just, it resonates and with... C, it's A. foreshadowing. <laughs> Damn. The death gaze. The death ship gaze. <laughs> what? So anyways, As guys, moving right along to my what? quote. <laughs> you just fucking wait. As I will watch you. Get it. <laughs> As a woman who has been followed at some point in time, it is very... Movies like this really hit home. And that there's a connection there. And having... Another female say, it's okay, you know, you don't have to feel paranoid. That, you know, it's better safe than sorry. If you've ever been followed, and even guys, if you've ever been followed. Let's let's be yeah. clear here. As a, as a white male, um, it's not something that I have even had to think about, you know, in terms of my own personal danger. Yeah. It's not, it's just not. I'm sorry. It, it is what it is. Like, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know what it's like. I, I don't, I'm not saying that, that guys can't be stalked, but. Oh, they bo- definitely can be. But, but, but boy, oh boy. Um, I just can't even imagine what it's like, truthfully. Um, it's, I mean, I knew, I knew, and, 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 you know, you know, I joke a lot on our episodes yeah. and I, I, you know, I'm a smart ass and I give I you a hard time, but no, seriously. Um, you know, especially now that we have a daughter and even and both of our kids, I mean, especially nowadays, you got to watch out for them, but I can't even imagine one of our kids, like, let's say ghostly puppers goes off to college and that we get some kind of bawling phone call from her saying that some guy or somebody's stalking her. How long was it going on, Carrie? And we don't have to do a deep dive. How long was it going on before your parents knew about it? It, it, it was... My boyfriend at the time, I actually was so upset that I called him to come to my dorm because I couldn't sleep. And luckily, nothing actually happened. I found a police officer in time that luckily caught them and he arrested them. But I had to go to court and testify against them. Them. Not just one. Yeah. Yep. And it was a horrific incident in my life that it still affects me to this day. Well, thanks for sharing that because I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that can relate. Um, I, I mean, it's almost kind of silly for me to read this quote, but, um, I think it puts you in the mind of somebody who has no compassion, empathy, or sympathy. And that, 
people, some people are just sick. Yeah. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, my, my favorite quote is from Watcher where he says, I had to hide in that closet when you were all looking around for a moment and he's on top of her. I was sure that you'd see me. Imagine how awkward that would have been. And then he takes the bag off of her head. He says, hello. And the way that he delivers that line, and I know he's got like an Eastern European accent that his character has with that. I couldn't even begin to replicate the performance, but um, just complete and utter evil. I mean, the guy sounds soulless whenever yeah. he speaks. Yeah. This is... I mean, can we talk about yeah. how I'm not sure that Irina was on his mind to actually kill and follow. You made this point to me earlier. However, I really feel like he chose her as a two for one to lure Julia into her room. Kind of. And it was almost like he punished Julia for watching him back for following up and following him and this whole scene on the train making her tell him that she's sorry that was all about punishment he was trying to punish her can we also take a moment to talk about the isolation that she felt because that we didn't really talk about this at all and it's like a main theme it is not only is it the paranoia but the isolation she's feeling because of where she's at in her life because of her new situation being a newlywed over in Bucharest. Not working. Not working. She, Her character used to be an actress. Um, she said something like, I'm trying to find myself or my next thing. Yeah. And she got a husband who's going off and doing his job, but she's experiencing all these terrifying feelings and events. And he's just coming home, and not only is he not believing her, but then whenever they have guests over, or whenever they go to that cocktail thing, the party, you know, it's all the work-related events that he and gatherings he has going on. Not only is he not believing her, or saying that she's being too paranoid, which is the opposite of her neighbor friend, he's doing one further, speaking in Romanian tongue, making fun of his own wife, with other people in front of her in front of her now over the course of the movie and the time passes she learns a little bit more of the language yep. and she catches him mm-hmm. at that get at that party what was that was that was that like it an was art work, house or it, something it was a work was a museum or museum something some kind of art or party. museum place they were at but yeah i mean she was going through a nightmare and he completely betrayed her completely betrayed her i mean it was almost like she caught him cheating that's how much of a gut punch it was yeah to see that he was making front of her right in front of her right in front of her face to his colleagues just to get in good with his bosses yeah. i mean no nothing's worth way. that you know me i would have been hey guys we got something going on i'm not coming tonight and honestly it would be like you could fire me if you want but you're more important to me than any kind of stupid job um did I get any brownie points with that line of thinking? <laughs> I'm trying to earn back, earn it back after I interrupted you multiple times and earned the F-bomb. But anyways, uh, we're going to move right along to the rating of this highly stylistic, highly fun, creepy, atmospheric, moody, stalker horror movie. 
that we know as Watcher. Not the Watcher, just Watcher. watcher. I see by the end of the episode, I corrected myself. Um, I'm going to start off with the rating here, Carrie, just to just to poke you just the one last time in this episode. <laughs> I'm giving this a 3.5 out of 5. And that's because mm, I loved the setting. I love the atmosphere. I love Micah Monroe. Once I got past Micah Monroe and Burn Gorman, I just wanted more from the supporting characters. But I get it. And I'm nitpicking. And the focus is not them. It's on Julia. And it's on Watcher. Yes. So I get it. I also wish that we got a little bit more. I could have withstood five to ten more minutes to just get a little bit more on Watcher. Or maybe another killing or two in this movie before the ending. A couple more. Just a couple more. They hint that it's been going on for a while. while. Yes. But I, I wanted to see a little bit more. Yeah. Like I wanted a couple more kills in this movie. We've got the decapitation going on. Like, how about the cop or how about the ex-boyfriend? You know, that would have been something. Yeah. You know? Well, the cop it, doesn't believe her either. And that's what I mean in a horror movie. The ones that don't believe are the ones that got to go. Ooh, could you imagine if it went super dark? And her husband ends up getting killed in this. Can you yeah. imagine? Yeah. Um, can, what would, what is, do you, th- do you think that Julia and Francis got divorced after the events of Watcher? Uh, I think it was highly likely. Yeah. At least because, because at first he was understanding and take going to the supermarket and going and finding you know, the video and stuff like that. But like, he's putting it all back on her. Like you're being paranoid. And like, what does it say about their lack of, um, trust? Yeah. And communication. It was almost like they had the physical chemistry and then that was it. They like weren't on the same page about anything else. Yeah. Um, definitely. I mean, if that's your one and only, you should know by then if your one and only says there's something off about this person, there's something wrong, I feel like this, you should believe them. There is, should no be no need for proof. Is there a triple meaning in the Watcher title? And what I mean by that is, okay, there's Watcher, the killer. There's Jules, Micah Monroe's character, watching watcher from across the way watching her mm-hmm. and then it's almost like to me like francis is watching her deteriorate yeah yeah come undone and he's not really a part of the relationship he, he's outside looking in and not understanding what's going on or not even just, wanting to try to he's understand. just all about work yeah like that's what i don't understand when they get there it's about this great big adventure. And then when he actually goes to work, it's like, I have no time for you. I only have time for work. And that's it. Yeah. It's a complete 360. And I know you picked this for your birthday. And when I showed this movie to you last year, you loved it. I love it too, but not as much as you do. What are you going to score? How many flamethrowers are you giving Watcher? I'm giving it four. Ooh, it's been a little, it's been a hot minute since we gave a movie a four, right? 
it's this movie's well deserved of it. I mean, it's stylistic. I wish it would have gotten more notoriety. Yeah, it's stylistic. Michael Monroe and Burn Gorman's character development is really well done together. The dialogue is well done, but not overly dialogued. The, like I said, the scene on the subway, oh my God, that's like <coughs> so haunting. And then the de- the decapitation and just all the back knowledge about when she goes to help her friend, the, the neighbor, Irina, she actually could have saved her quite possibly and caught him earlier. Can you comment too, since this is your birthday movie, talk about one, the, um, the grocery store scene yeah. a little bit. That, Tell me about that. So that grocery store scene, it was a, she's going in there. She tried quitting smoking. She goes kind of in menthols too. Yeah. Damn. She goes in, she p- asks for, the cigarettes, and then she says, no, wait, I can't do this. She's so rattled. She goes in, and she goes, she's like, okay, I'm going to go and pick something out for dinner. I'm just going to calm down and settle down. As she's going down the aisle, she sees him walk in. And he's standing there. And at first it looks like, okay, yeah, it's right across from the movie theater. But then, wait a minute. Uh-oh. As you see her progress down the aisles, it's parallel. Like if that's a classic move for trying to basically either kidnap someone or terrorize someone or stalk someone, it's very much unsettling. And she has every right to feel that way, even though the cameras don't show it. He apparently knew how to stay out of the cameras for the most part in that scene, which makes it even more terrifying for her. The way that he and she, they both do this little, this little like seven degree turn that almost looks like they're not even turning, but it's like they barely move their torsos. It's it's like, it's like a very slight, yeah, very slight. And unless you're paying attention, it doesn't look like much of anything. Uh, that, when she's looking out of the supply door window, mm-hmm. the stock room, yeah, b- you know, back at him, and he notices her out of the corner of his eye, especially when the uh, he gets alerted because, what, the pickle jar is knocked over? Yeah. R.I.P. pickle jar. Yeah. That creeped me. I mean, there's a lot of things about this movie that creep me out. I just wanted a little bit more. So you gave it a four. Guys, that brings us... Oh, before I even give it the official rating, tell me about the movie theater scene because I brought it up there watching... She was watching straight. But how about the leather jacket? This movie was... There was so much attention to detail when he stalks her and follows her to the movie theater. You can hear in the sound him inching himself into the seat and then uh, moving forward, yeah. inching closer to, behind to, her. Yeah. yeah. That and, was so, that noise that his leather jacket made. Yeah. That, that was everything. And she, and let me just tell you, this is kind of reminiscent of the scene in It Follows, where she's in the movie theater, and the guy that she's with at the time, he technically is being followed at that point in time. 
So it's that same kind of feel only with her in this movie. And she does turn around and look at everybody in the movie theater. She does. She does what you're supposed to do. Hmm. However, he comes in after her. (coughs) Pardon me. And she just got that. um, Folks, I'm just going to say that if you get that knot in your stomach that tells you not to trust something, listen to it. Always listen to your gut. Listen to it because that's a warning to say that, hey, this is not okay. Straight straight from Carrie's mouth who has been watched. Um, I'm glad that all turned out okay. So, guys, that brings us to the overall DFM rating for the very, very well-done watcher to 3.75 out of 5 flamethrowers. Great movie. Hey, you guys can be pissed at me all you want. I nitpicked it a little bit. Excellent movie. Excellent movie. Carrie over here shaking her head. Wait a second, Carrie. Wait a second. Carrie shaking her head and, you know, it's her birthday. And you know what, guys? I'm going to do something just for your birthday. And just because the more that we talk about this movie, the more I'm in agreement with you about how awesome it is. Four out of five stars for me. I'm changing my score. just for your birthday (laughs) thank you honey and i will never change it again that is cemented in dfm lore i guess (laughs) if you want to call it lore four out of five excellent movies forget the 3.75 four out of five flamethrowers torch this um no door don't torch it watch it um guys that brings us intermission um next week in episode 19 we're watching ghost keeper which not too many people know about this canadian film uh it is a low-key version of the shining with what these early 80s canadians call a wedigo or wedigo how do you say that the w- native wendigo yeah um i mean i'm, I'm not a yeah native. The, the native the indigenous monster <laughs> Wow, sorry folks. We yeah, I'm not butchered a native. That. Um, and then, guys, in July, we've got one month until Beach Party Bonfires and Blood Month. Woo-hoo. Okay, and we're going to kick that off round 7 7 uh, with The Lost Boys. Okay, and we've got a few other ones that we'll talk about some other time. But um, stick around for segment two, Quir, etc., where. We're going to talk top 20. We're going to do a top 20 countdown of stalker movies. Stalker subgenre doesn't get talked about very often. No. Now, there's stalker elements in a lot of different subgenres, right? And there's stalker elements in songs, Mm -hmm. you know. Love you guys. See you for segment two. Good evening, folks, and a hearty welcome to our drive-in theater. We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you. One that will provide several hours of pleasurable relaxation and diversion for you and your family. Did you fail to dress up for tonight's show? No tie, an old shirt and slacks, a house dress? Well, don't give it a thought. We're glad you came as you are. We just want you to enjoy yourselves. Don't forget to visit our refreshment center during the intermission or any time. You love the tasty array of snacks we have to offer. So will the youngsters. Everything is quality and mm-hmm, so good. We hope you'll make this a weekly visit. Bring the family, bring your friends. There are always wonderful new pictures to see, delightful snacks to nibble, 
a gay, pleasant evening for all. Oh, a word of caution. Don't drive over 10 miles an hour in the theater area for your safety's sake. And mom or pop, go with the kids when they leave the car. We hope you have a wonderful time. Come back soon. Guys, we are back for segment two. Hope you enjoyed our comfy, comfy, comfy horror movie review of Micah Monroe, Burn Gorman, and Watcher. Now, to uh, raise a glass of water anyways. We're not doing alcohol tonight. I'm surprised, Carrie. This is your birthday episode, Carrie, and you're not drinking alcohol? What the hell? By the way, guys, completely unrelated, but... um. You know, we talked about a serious subject this episode and, and stalking and um, another serious subject that I just want to bring up real quickly is the uh, Canadian wildfires that are raging right now. And uh, just sending thoughts and prayers and, and everything up that way and everybody being affected by it, including those in the U.S. with the, just the, the dangerous levels of um, uh, smoke yeah. happening. Um, <clears throat> Carrie. We're going to count this sucker down. Okay. 20. We're going with the 90s. Really sexually obsessive. Yeah. Swim fan. And again, men can be stalked too. Excellent reason why this was included in our countdown. Um, Isn't there one with Alicia Silverstone where she plays some kind of, some kind of like, I don't know what. No, that's more of like an obsession, but not a stalking yeah. movie. There was, remember those Poison Ivy movies? Yes. The, those weren't stalking, but those were like obsession, like, bad, like you know, kids gone wrong or something like that. Well, I don't know what I, obsession can turn into stalking. Yeah. But sometimes, you know, obsession is just an obsession and it doesn't go any further. Number 19, the fun slasher resurgence movie that kind of owed some of his success to the uh, slasher resurgence masterpiece of scream at number 19 we've got i know what you did last summer with freddie prince jr jennifer love hewitt who else is in that movie carrie i was about to say ryan reynolds ryan philippe ryan philippe um is it philippe or philippe 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 (laughs) philippe sorry ryan because we all know you're listening to this no yeah (laughs) who's freddie prince jr's wife Sarah Michelle Geller. Sarah Michelle Geller. The uh who was the, also in Scream. Two. Two. To be Yes, correct. to be correct. Number 18. Here's a movie that nobody talks about. I talked about this a lot whenever I was in high school and college though. This you, this was one did. of those ones that it would be on in the background. I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's a good movie." Mark Wahlberg. Ryan's wife or ex-wife, right? Reese Witherspoon. Yes, Ryan Philippe. Yeah. See, I know what I'm talking about some of the time. Yes. Uh-huh. Rolling your eyes at me. I have a little bit of Reese Witherspoon trivia that's not Cruel Intentions related, for God's sakes. Which is where they met. Fear. Fear. With Mark Wahlberg. That is a messed up movie. <laughs> it's that a is. fun movie. You know what stocking movie is not on this list and shame on us? The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. How the hell did we forget we're single white female? Single white female is another... Oh my God. Honorable mention to those two movies. And we've got a couple more honorable yeah. mentions later, but we are losers for not including those. It just came to me. I had like the nineties stocking obsession thing going on in my head. 
17. We've got Hitcher, which is C. Thomas Howell and Rutger Hauer. Yeah. And a very fun, um, talk about creepy. Oh my God. Rutger Hauer, the way that he just stands in the desert and stares him down. And he can't get any police to help him. And the police get killed anytime he stops. Dude, the hitcher Rutger Hauer kills a shit ton of people yes, for being on an empty road. He gets a lot of people. Yes, he does. Number f- number 15, Liv Tyler in Strangers. Wait, you skipped over one. Oh, me sorry. Uh, 16. 16 is Mark Duplass in the found footage. Stalker, prowler, killer movie. Creep. And I just showed you that one last night. You did. You've been showing me the trailers for that for a long time. I was like, yeah, it looks entertaining. And just, I don't know. Come on, give it up. It's good. It was good. good. It was good. It was very good. I really like that one. Carrie, I'm losing my voice a little bit. Can you run through some of these? The next one, 15, Strangers. And I really loved this movie when this came out. It was very heart-wrenching that... He proposed, well, he didn't get to propose until, like, they forced him to propose right as they were, like, killing them. That is a heart-wrenching movie. And I gotta tell you, I like Strangers, too. I liked it a lot. And it's there was m- no motive. Yeah. No motive. They, they basically said, because you're here. Yeah. You're here, and that's why we're doing this. Yeah. Which makes it scary as hell. Yeah. Now I gotta want to go back and watch that now. The Strangers 2, what is it, Pray at Night or something like that? I think, yeah. That was a good one, but that was more of like a mean-spirited stalker slasher. Yeah. that was. It didn't have as much in the way of characters as the first one, but it's still a really fun sequel. Um, 14. 14. Hush. That's a great one. That is a very good one. Um, the whole thing with her being... Is she partially deaf or fully deaf? It's, it's, I mean, it's at least partially yeah. that, that much I remember, but that, yeah. that's a great one. They made a great use of reflections or seeing him in a camera, you know, in the background of somebody's camera. And if you think of somebody that has that. Yeah. Not being able to hear. Yeah. Um, that was a really good one. Yeah. Um, 13, this isn't horror, but it's like a dark comedy. <laughs> I it's, chuckle. It's adjacent. Yeah, it's horror adjacent. Dark comedies can be horror adjacent. Hell yeah. Going with Jim Carrey and the cable guy. And she just shakes her head every time I put this movie on. It's like, oh no, not again. This is like, people talk about Jim Carrey and like, oh, The Mask or Ace Ventura. Or hell, I'll even throw out our... our uh, In Living Color. In Living, yeah, In Living Color or, you know liar liar you know there's there's a truman show look and we love him and one of our favorite vampire flicks once bitten Mm -hmm. but which would never be made today if somebody said what is your favorite jim carrey movie the cable guy it's it's my favorite jim carrey movie the the performance is so funny and so dark at the same time um the password is is all i have to say (laughs) See, look, you chuckle even by just me doing that. Um, hey, talk about performances of somebody who went from comedy yeah. mm-hmm. to horror or yeah. horror adjacent. Yeah. 
Carrie, what is number 12 on our top 20 stalker movies countdown? One hour photo. I vaguely, Robin Williams yeah. did. He played such a good villain in this. And I don't, I don't know that he really played villains. Very many of them. Mm, I don't know. I, I can't recall. But, you know, I do recall that one movie that was very dark. Um, what Dreams May Come. Where, oh, yeah, I mean, that was that, that was depressing as hell. It was. And, and let me tell you, I watched it after my grandmother died. So extra depressing. Wow. Yeah. So, guys, number 11, the original Cape Fear. I love that one. Robert Mitchum. Hell yeah. Um, oh, wait. Hold up. There's the male wolf. Oh, okay. I figured Jake was going to weigh in on this one. Case and carry. You know... I should tell more people to go fuck themselves. Words to live by, if you ask me. Greetings, my comrades in carnage. It's Jake, the Midnight Traveler, here once again to take you to a world of pure imagination. Or is it? Too many times we've looked at an hysterical person and assumed their rantings and ravings are just that. Nothing more than one person's slip into madness where reality fades faster than a promise on prom night. Oh, that lady? She's just crazy. Don't pay any attention to her. Imagine the isolation and the terror one would feel if they were just outside the grasp of certain death, but no one would listen. Well... This is the dreary, rain-soaked world that we find ourselves in tonight as we look at Watcher and wonder if anyone, or anything, is watching back. While reading over the list of films for the inaugural season of Dying for Midnight, I made sure to take stock of the films I saw, and even more in regards to those I hadn't seen. Many reviewers and critics will gladly not read, watch, or attend something and still think they can peddle their bullshit and write about it. Well, you won't get any of that here. I, your humble nighttime rambler, will always put in the time and the effort to give you the goods because, well, you matter too, damn it. So, on a rainy afternoon, I made my way over to Shudder God bless that channel, and kick the tires on this thing. Released within the last year, Watcher follows Julia, an American who moves to Bucharest with her husband Francis. While Francis is fluid in the language, as his mother is Romanian, Julia is not and struggles with the language barrier. Even worse, she also finds herself being watched by a man in this adjacent apartment building and comes to believe that not only is he stalking her, but that he's a serial killer. You might remember the actress playing Julia, Mako Monroe, from that hit It Follows from a few years back. Well, here she is in Europe, and there is still something that might be after her. Talk about a super specific form of typecasting. Either way... This one, for the most part, is another telling of a very often told tale of paranoia and suspicion that never gets old, but in this case, never really gets too fresh. 
with Bern Gorman doing a damn good job as the titular watcher, there isn't too much else to write home about here. Some good camera work and production design and decent performances are here, and this might be many others' favorite film of the year, but this one doesn't rise too far above average for me. Is this a bad film? Not one bit. I just don't think that it lit my fire. Now, this was what mindset I had when I was about to start on this thing. But a conversation this very afternoon gave me an insight and perspective on this that I truly didn't see coming. It was something that made me ask myself some questions that perhaps I should be asking myself a little more often. I don't think it's too big of a secret to reveal that I am a white heterosexual male. This horror community is downright rotten with our kind, and yes, I am part of it. That being said, it was during that aforementioned discussion that I had this realization I wish to share with you here. Now, I wasn't a huge fan of this film. That in itself is no crime. But is it telling of something deeper that I'm missing? Let's just face it. The trials and tribulations that Julia goes through here are like nothing I've ever faced or ever will face. Due to sheer circumstance, I think that people in my demographic tend to be heard a lot more in these situations in the rare chance we are ever found in them. It's with sad and nauseous sincerity that I can say that I know and have known several women who were victims of stalking and assault, and many of their pleas fell on deaf ears. They were dismissed as crazy or just wanting attention. How sick is that? How sad and truly messed up is that, people? I have a fiancé and a sister and many women that I love and care about, and the fact that something so heinous can be so commonplace in any society chills me to my core. I guess that this film probably would hit others a lot harder than it would me. Too bad that this is the world we are still living in these days. Sorry to make it a little heavy here on this one, folks. Sometimes these things kick up the ghosts of our past and our present and make themselves heard. I guess that we will just call it a night here, folks. I think it's good that we spoke of these things we have here tonight. As for me, I gotta go deal with this prick that I keep seeing staring back at me in the mirror. I hear he's a real jackass, and I might just go give him a piece of my mind. See you next midnight, Jake. You know what, Jake? It's I love that. It, it would be super boring if we didn't if we all just agreed on every single movie. So yeah, gotta love the Midnight Traveler's perspective on Watcher. Um, we're moving right along now. We've entered our top ten stalker movies. Carrie, what's number 10? I know you like this one. This Dawn of the 80s slasher. Yeah. The Prowler. How can Again, we not include The Prowler? At a dance, someone's being stalked because they didn't wait for them when they ran at the service. At the end of World War II? Yeah. yeah. Yep. 
and it ends up being the police chief. Yes. Talk talk about head explosions. Yeah. Um, this this episode's full of things that happen to people's heads. They get decapitated. Now we're talking about them getting blown up. Uh, and that was Tom Savini who did the effects on that one. And uh, yeah. thought it was interesting. He did the head being blown off in the Prowler and the head being blown off in Maniac in the same year. Yeah. Um, so he was, he was in the shotguns to the head that year. Um, moving right along to number nine. Hey, it's me, Billy. That's right. Black Christmas. The slasher in Canada during Christmas um, with a bunch of sorority girls who don't realize that there is a psychopath up in their attic. And I love some of the deaths in that movie. I love using the good old plastic bag suffocation, the maniacal look in Billy's eyes. That's a good one. Um, I think I might like that one a little bit more than you. Yeah. But it's got the legendary John Saxon is in that one as the police chief. Um, moving right along. Carrie, what's number eight? Watcher. This one rocketed up our list of stalker movies. It, I mean. You're going to talk about the best stalker movie of the past decade. It's yeah. Watcher. It might be the best one of the past 20 years. I'm going to throw it down with anybody who disagrees with me. It was very well done. Very well done. Number seven, of course, we had to include Halloween. Halloween. <coughs> I love the way they do the trailers for these old John Carpenter movies. Listen, everything that needs to be said about Halloween has been said. Enough said. However, number six, probably, is this your favorite slasher movie of all time, Carrie? It's top three at least. It's, right? it's at least top three. Okay. It's it's one of my top yeah. three. And you know me, I'm the sucker for continuation sequels. Part twos are my thing. And I like part twos too, for the most part, with there's one exception. They always, you're always, when you watch the original and you love it, the sequel comes out and it's like you're highly anticipating it. You yeah. know what I mean? You've got that, excuse me, hit the mic once again. Got the anticipation of the sequel. That's why I love it so much. But this this is actually my favorite in this series. That's my it's my favorite in this franchise as well. And I know it's not everybody's. A this lot one, of people. A lot of people are split on this one. Yeah, Halloween two. And not Rob Zombie's Halloween no, two. And that the has original its place. Carpenter. 1981 Halloween two. Rick Rosenthal, Carpenter had to drink a bunch of beer to rewrite this thing or add stuff to the end. Um, but I thought it was great. I, I think it's uh, the the supporting cast is yeah. better. The ca- supporting characters yeah. they're much more memorable than just they their are. two friends. They are, and not just that, but the entire thing is pretty much in a hospital. The containment factor, yeah. On Halloween, it's very suffocating that movie where people are out drinking and whatever, and they're ice again. You want to talk about isolation? The lighting's better in this movie. They're trapped. The soundtrack is amazing in this movie. Um, the fact that Jamie Lee Curtis doesn't want any of the drugs to make her go to sleep. Well, Jamie Lee Curtis doesn't, and neither does Laurie Strode. <laughs> well, you... <laughs> Wait, they, they, they're filming Halloween too, and Laurie Strode's on the bed. No, don't do it. I don't want to go sleep. And then they say, okay, take three. And then Jamie Lee Curtis is like, God, give me those drugs. <laughs> no. I got to get out of this bad wig. <laughs> uh, no. But, but, and 
here's the other thing that makes they two things that make Halloween too great for me. It's a darker Halloween movie. Yeah. And I don't even mean just the lay. I mean, actually, it is so mean and um, nihilistic. And that it they this is the first mention before the Thorn thing became a thing in the later Halloween movies. They're starting to talk about Samhain. Yeah. They had the Samhain and blood in the classroom mm-hmm. uh, chalkboard. Yeah. So Michael's stuck in the damn school. I almost wish they he would have had a kill in the school. But um, here's the other thing. So this is the best Donald Pleasance, Dr. Loomis performance yeah. out of all of his versions of it, yeah. out of on the whole franchise. I, I think agree. this is the best Loomis in this I movie. Agree. Um, moving right along to my favorite slasher of all time, which is also a fantastic prowling and stalking movie. Friday the 13th part two. And it's actually my favorite of that series as well. Some about the twos from those early eighties. They did well. There's only for me, Dude, one exception. A nightmare on Elm street part two is amazing as well. It is. Yeah. All those franchise part twos are awesome. Dude, scream too. That's what I mean. That's my exception. What? I While I enjoyed Scream 2, I still enjoyed the original better. Yeah. You know, I'm going to die on that part two hill. <laughs> no, Friday the 13th part two, guys. The whole first 15 minutes of the movie <coughs> is pre-zombie Jason with the, you know, the town that dreaded sundown get up calling up her house and breathing into the phone or calling up and not saying anything. Oh, and he gets Alice in the beginning. He gets Alice in the beginning. That's who I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, she sur- she survives the first only to get killed in the opening of the second. Great opening. And, and how about the little girl singing Itsy Bitsy Spider and you see like Jason's boot hit the puddle of the water. Mm-hmm. If you guys ever get your hands on the audio reading or the book for Friday the 13th Part 2, it is it makes it even creepier if you can get your hands on it. Because the way... What she says in the opening, her mom's calling her like, hey, like, why are you back in Crystal Lake? I'm really worried about you, given the events of the first film. She's like, this is the only way I know how to deal with this. I've got to confront this. Well, in the novel, it talks about how she went back to Crystal Lake, where she stayed at with her friends that all got butchered. And because she made that decision, Jason was in the area and she caught his eye he was he saw her from inside the woods and saw her come back he watched his mom get killed that night according to paul's campfire story yeah he tracked the car back into town found where she found her so in the novel there's like a good chapter or so about how he discovered her about how he found her it wasn't more supernatural it was more just no it wasn't just like jason pops up because he's evil and he's gonna kill people like no he stalked and proud her and he did the same to the people at the new camp you know paul's counselor training thing with jenny yeah um friday the 13th part two is in our top five stalker it's it's the most stalker ish mm-hmm. friday the 13th out of all of them carrie this next one's a classic, it whether is. you're a horror fan or not. You can't, if you're talking about stalker movies, you cannot not mention this movie, Fatal Attraction. Damn, Douglas. Glenn Close. Oh, my God. <coughs> what? I mean, 
you know Glenn Close from this movie. You, If somebody says, what's Glenn Close's filmography? This is the first one that comes out. Yeah. They're, they're going to say, oh yeah, Fatal Attraction. That's the first thing that's going to come out of people's mouths. Number three. You have not watched this, Carrie. I have not. But I'm going to tow this rope when a stranger calls. And what's the actress's name in it? We were talking about this earlier. Oh, Carol Kane. Yeah. Phenomenal in it. Phenomenal. She's a phenomenal actress. No matter what she's doing, let's face it. Carrie, you don't want to watch When a Stranger Calls alone at night by yourself. I'm going to say that. That's how good it is. Okay. Number two, Carrie, I'm going to let you round out your birthday countdown. What are the next two? What are our top two? Who's at number two? Who do you think? Scream. Do you like scary movies? Yes. Scream. Scream is our top two because, I mean, imagine it's all about Sydney. It's all about stalking Sydney. It's all about stalking Sydney. You're sounding like Joe Roberts. It's all about Sydney this and Sydney that. Sydney, Sydney, Sydney. But it is. (laughs) I said Cindy. (laughs) Talk about IMDb board days. People used to troll people calling her Cindy on purpose. Sorry, I had an IMDb nerd moment. You don't even want to know about me and IMDb back in the day. You would go down a rabbit hole. I was nice to people. I was not one of those nasty trolls. Halloween three message boards is all I have to say. That was my obsession back in college. <laughs> um, I mean, you had people that used like character names as their usernames on that message board. It was crazy. Like you had, there was some dude that was even like Dr. Chalice on those message message boards. Um, my username was uh, Michael Bean is in my wolf pack. And I, I was always going to the, or Michael Bean, excuse me. Um, always going to his, like the Terminator page. Always going to the aliens page. Anyways. Yeah. Nerdy moment. Sorry. Go ahead. What is number one, Gary? So one of my personal favorites. Hard to beat this one. Yeah. Alfred Hitchcock presents Psycho. You cannot, I don't care how old or how young you are, if you go and you watch this movie, this movie to this day still holds up. I I mean, the sheer broken down motel out of the way, um, the highway cuts off this motel. It used to be busy. It's now no longer. It just, it sets it up. It sets it up. And then she, of course, you know, stole money. So she's trying to lay low and stuff. And then she just, she picked the wrong place to lay low. And, and, you know, obsession. I mean, there's so many levels to this movie. It's not just obsession. Hey, that finishes it for our top 20 stalker movies. Honorable mention to... It follows, of course, Creep 2, which you need to see yet, Carrie, and Cape Fear, the 91 Scorsese remake. That was very well done. And of course, Single White Female and The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Now, guys, we are going (coughs) to, me specifically, I'm going to read a poem by a user who calls himself Silent Stalker, and the poem is called Stalker. And I'm just going to give a disclaimer. 
this is a very dark poem. So if you do not want to listen to this, now is the time. Yeah, this is this is the last thing I'm we're doing this episode. Just so, warning. Yeah, completely understand. Um, we, we just thought it was appropriate given the, the subject of the uh, movie that we're reviewing and Watcher. And um, we do not want to trigger anybody. Yeah. So trigger warning, guys. Stalker. Um, I'm going to count down so you can uh, pause or leave. <coughs> and uh, guys, just know we love you. We love the movie Watcher. Hope everybody's having a great start to their June. In five, four, three, two, one. This is Stalker by Silent Stalker from darkpoetry.org. I've tracked you down for many days. I followed you through alleyways. You haven't even seen me yet, but when you do, you won't forget. I wanted you first at the store. I saw you there five times before, and you were always all alone. And now I want you for my own. So here we are, my lovely one. My suffering has just begun. Where do you live? I want to know. I do not know yet where to go. I follow close behind your car. You don't even have to go too far. You stop off quick to get some gas. I watch you every time you pass. You do not even notice me. How lucky could I ever be? But maybe you just didn't care to try to see me sitting there. Now the pain, you love me not. My face is red. My head is hot. Just go home now and you will see the punishment for shunning me. So now you're home. I am too. I park my car away from you. Sneak up as you go inside. You don't know how hard I cried. The sky is dark. It's getting late. It's hurting worse the more I wait. Nonetheless, this much I knew. I, I had to get in there with you. Quietly unlock the door. Tiptoe softly across the floor. I hide completely from your sight. I wait till you turn out the light. You're all undressed and fast asleep. Your snoring shows your slumbers deep. And all my patience now is lost. I must have you at any cost. And here we are, my lovely one. My suffering will soon be done. Just a moment, you'll be mine. And everything will turn out fine. I kiss you once to show my love. Once more to thank the stars above. And last, to give you all my best. Before I send your soul to rest. Grab a pillow from the bed. Press it down over your head. You wake up. Flailing in distress. I hold your arms down on your chest. You cannot swing. You cannot scream. 
I tell you that it's just a dream. Go back to sleep. Don't try to fight. You will not get away tonight. <sighs> so it's done. My task is through. I lie down in bed with you. I hold you in my arms gently. I only want you next to me. Run my hands across your face. Your hair I stroke. Your lips I taste. You're still so warm. You smell so sweet. I brush my toes across your feet. On top of you, I feel delight. But something just does not seem right. You can't even return a kiss. Will I not know what pleasure is? But so is fate. I will not cry. Yet still I question myself why. I leave you there upon your bed. The only love I had is dead. And though my pain is all but gone, I have my faith to carry on. I'll try to find somebody new. I hope that she will be like you. Yet this time I will not forget. The killing only brings regret. But how else will I take her heart without tearing mine apart? <laughs>